Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hi, Kat. Hey, Tanya. How you doing? I'm good. You look good. <laughs> you look good, too. Did you, one thing you didn't notice, this is our second recording of the day, listeners, by the way, but one thing, when we record, I always wear black or dark blue or something, and today, I'm way out of my comfort zone, I'm wearing pink, and you didn't that. even notice. I did, but last week, I think you were <laughs> wearing a color, too. Maybe I was. Yeah. I, I've been trying just for you to venture out and not wear black all the time. I know. Lose. Black is black is out. Uh, well, I do still love my black, but I have to say I'm trying to embrace the white that you do. And every time I put it on, it just makes me look all washed out. I just can't do it. Oh, it's all good. It is all good. So, well, what are we talking about now? I think we're talking about the clashes. I am super excited about that. I think a lot of times when we talk about the clashes, we just think of it strictly as suffering. And so I'm anxious to delve in a bit deeper and gather some more wisdom on the clashes. I love it. We talk about the clashes like for five minutes and 200 hours, but like for 5,000 hours during 300 hours. Mm -hmm. And I love it. We just entered into the clashes this last week with my 300 our group and I always just think it's so fun because people are like oh like <laughs> eye opening right mm -hmm. so it's cool but yeah so let's talk about the clashes so the definition by definition the Sanskrit word klesha as in K-L-E-S-H-A means obstacle oftentimes loosely translated as poisons mm -hmm. or affliction or afflictions mm -hmm. I think it's impressive because people are like e, I don't want them <laughs> which why would we want poison yeah. right so mm -hmm. that's that's it's a term that makes your eyes pop open a little bit but we have ways around it because we'll learn right we'll learn how to work with it but also i also think it's funny or fun i should say to note ganesh as the remover of obstacles so we incorporate ganesh ganesh mudra ganesh mantras to help us work through the kleshas because that's ganesh's job mm -hmm. so it's also fun to be like oh the kleshas oh no call ganesh <laughs> right 1-800-CALL-GANESH. Yeah. Um, I like that, you know, I was reading a little bit more about the clashes and I found this one thought that I really liked. The clashes not only create suffering, but the ancient yogis tell us that they bind us to the endless cycle of birth and rebirth and thus preventing us from achieving enlightenment. And if you think about that, obstacles are what gets us, gets in our way of achieving enlightenment or of achieving any of our goals and desires in life, not necessarily, you know, sub my end goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. But it's just all the goals along the way, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a small scale as compared to the large scale. Right. Right. Both. So let's talk about the clashes. There's five of them, right? Mm-hmm. And I love the image that Deskachar gives us in the Heart of Yoga, where he shows the tree with the five, but the one that's at the bottom is a vidya, which equates to ignorance. Mm-hmm. It's at the bottom of the tree in the trunk. And he says that all the other four come out of ignorance. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. And so it's interesting when he says that is that all of your issues, every issue that comes up in your life can be stemmed back to one of these five clashes, every issue in your life, no matter how you look at it, you could be like, oh, is this because I want this? Is this because I don't want this? Is this because I don't know enough about this? Like, right, you could literally go through and be like, oh, not wrong. Every problem stems out of one of these five clashes, Mm -hmm. which is super cool. But then in Deskachar's little beautiful picture of the tree, he says that even take that one more step further, and it really comes out of one of the four branches that also feeds out of the big root or trunk of Vidya, which is ignorance. So his reason for saying that is, is that if you desire something so much, which is one of the branches we'll come to, your desiring so much is also out of ignorance. Because if you knew that desiring too much is going to cause you problems, then you wouldn't do it, right? So mm-hmm. he's saying that it still also stems out of ignorance, which is kind of cool when you think about it mm-hmm. that way. Well, that kind of makes eliminating ignorance one of our life goals. 100%. 100%. So let's let's break ignorance down a little bit because it can be in two forms. Like, right, there can be innocent ignorance, which is purely that you just haven't been educated on that or didn't know that you needed to be educated on that. And so willingness to be educated is different, though, from the ignorance that is maybe you know it and you're still ignoring it or Mm -hmm. you know it and you're intentionally defying it or denying it right which is more maybe a true ignorance but both apply right because Mm -hmm. we can be ignorant of something because we never even knew there was a lesson there to learn and unless we have kind people around us teaching us lessons right sometimes the hard lessons are the worst Mm -hmm. yeah we don't like those yeah the Mm -hmm. worst so that's a Avidya. Avidya at the bottom of the trunk of the tree, ignorance. Then the four branches on top start as asmita, which is ego, and we'll explain that. Raga, which is desire, we'll explain that too. Then we have devasha, which is what's termed as repulsion or dislike or hatred. Mm-hmm. And then the last of the five kleshas is abhinavesha, which is fear, and ultimately even all the way to the point of fear of death. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because because you look at it from a standpoint of ego, likes, dislikes, and fear. And you're like, well, when I look at all of my emotions that I have, <laughs> they pretty yep. much fall into one of those categories. <laughs> but it's important also to define in ego, you can have an under-inflated ego and an over-inflated mm-hmm. ego. Because you can have the, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve that. Or I could never do that or I could never have that right that's an underinflated ego as opposed to maybe some entitlement issues that are happening on the other side like well I did better than that person that should be my job or you know like I earned that they didn't earn that mm-hmm. or 
you know, however that looks, right? So there's the underinflated ego and the overinflated ego, and both of them are keeping you out of who you truly are. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's kind of tricky. Yeah. Well, and it makes us forget about others around us too. It, you know, it's very self centered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. So then the second or the third, I should say, avidya, then asmita ego, and then the third is raga, as in desire or wants or mm -hmm. you know it's like oh I, I wish I could have this or I so want that or being attached to the results of anything in general mm -hmm. this includes disappointment when you're disappointed it means that you were attached to the expectation mm -hmm. if you weren't you wouldn't be disappointed right so all of those get kind of bullied into this you know branch of the clashes in so much as anytime we're working really hard at getting something we want and we're working and it may be so hard that we're kind of skirting the things we should be doing mm -hmm. you know in terms of maybe general health or even people like ever said no not right now I got this thing I gotta do well you know <laughs> yeah deadlines are deadlines for sure but are you maybe turning off something you shouldn't be because you're so focused on what you want or desire and anyone that's being truthful would go yep yep <laughs> uh yep, yep. Uh, absolutely so then the flip to that desire and attachment is devasha and devasha on the other side is that repulsion or dislike or even hatred so friends if you say oh i don't like broccoli <laughs> <laughs> this mm -hmm. is not going to help you get to the end goal. Yeah. But I mean, it goes beyond just disliking mm -hmm. food. I mean, on the bigger picture, it's like, nope, I don't like camel. I don't want to do camel pose. And I do this all the time because I don't like camel. Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> that threatens our ego, doesn't it? <laughs> Mm -hmm. I think I've even said I hate camels. So. I know you do. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not a big fan of backbends. Nope, nope. So, yes, but it can be, you know, beyond the physical. It can be mental things too. Anytime we're having negative feelings towards a person or a job or I hate my job or right. Like, and we all do it. We all do it because we all assume that we should be all endlessly happy every minute of every day. <laughs> yeah. Because we see all the pictures of people on social media that seem endlessly happy all the time. And social media feeds into all of these. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then the last of the branches is abnavesha, which is fear. And fear, in this case, to anything. So anxiety falls within this space. Fear and worry falls within this space. But then also taking it to the big level of, you know, fear of dying or fear of people in your life dying, fear of abandonment, all of those fall into this category. And mm -hmm. again, this this is like, okay, friends, if you can tell me that you've never been afraid of anything in life, I'm, I'm going to see if I believe that or not, right? Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. We would be looking at a liar then because we've all been afraid of something. All been afraid of something and we've all mm -hmm. had anxiety and it's probably been made worse, you know, with the last two years and the craziness of, of everything that's been going on, mm -hmm. whether it's been financial, whether it's been business, whether it's been the increase of mental wellness, the increase of suicides, the increase 
increase of, you know, political crap. I mean, there's there's just stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard not to be in that place of ego, hatred, desire, and fear. I mean, mm-hmm. it covers all of them. So it kind of yeah. goes back to what Descachar was saying is, so it doesn't matter what you come up to in life. You could literally look at this tree and figure out exactly how it works. I was trying to find the link. I found a link that I was going to share with you. It's called, you can probably just look up Tree of Suffering. And I didn't save the link, but it's a co.uk link. I think it's, it may be... Samaya Yoga, uh, S-A-M-A-N-Y-A-Y-O-G-A. But this is, uh, has got the, it's got the little tree and kind of a flower form, but it's got the little bubbles and this talks about the tree of suffering. And I thought it was a wonderful article. I really enjoyed it a lot. Mm, Neato. I just found one that's the Buddhist tree of suffering and it's on BuddhistDebate.wordpress.com and it shows it in, this is actually really cool because it shows how meditation and wisdom can help to work to rebuild the ground around the roots of your ignorance and I was like whoa now you're really throwing down I really like that yeah so that's really cool actually I was not expecting to see that and I was like "Ooh, I like that I like that. I mean, there's tons of stuff out there, but when it comes, when it goes back to how do we find books or how do we find information? One of the big books that, you know, Kat and I always talk about is The Heart of Yoga by Deskachar. We Mm -hmm. use this book in our 200 hour training. It's also referenced in our 300 hour training, but just in general, I went looking for books on suffering and a lot of it brings you back to some of the Buddhist tradition, but it also takes you to your favorite poet. Uh, Who's your new favorite poet? Um, Young Pueblo. Yeah. Takes you to him and it also takes you to the Tin Chetlan. Tignat Han. Yeah. Him. He he has a book, No Mud, No Lotus. That's the art of transforming suffering. There you go. There's a ton of books out there. Really, like Google up the Kleshas or Google up traditional Eastern views of suffering and yeah, books on how to find enlightenment in the midst of, you know, regular life chaos. Mm-hmm. There's a number of them. Yeah, super cool. Since we've talked about the Kleshas lightly, can we go back through a little bit deeper, Tanya? Go into a little bit more in depth about each one of the five Kleshas? Sure, absolutely. And what we can do is we can also talk about how to work through them on the mat. Oh, that'd be great. That would be fun. Okay, so let's talk about ignorance again, which is the root. That's the base of the tree, right? And we talked about how this can be in the form of two ways, right? Being undereducated and or being in denial. And I think it's relative to speak to it in terms of how this looks like on the yoga mat. The undereducated would be simply that they just don't know better, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they haven't had an educated teacher who was able to help them or they are just unaware of their own body, right? Mm -hmm. But then we also have those students that are ignorant because they choose to be. I mean, how many people do you have in your class that you've told them until you're blue in the face to externally rotate the front leg in warrior two and they will not do it. Mm -hmm. They will not do it, you know, and they'll they'll move there. And sometimes I look at it and I go, I think 
they're just lazy um, and not that and they're not these people are not lazy people as a whole but they are they get lazy in the poses yeah for sure and mm-hmm. also like depending on where it is in the sequence if it's towards the end of the sequence and they're tired then it kind of makes sense too but yeah absolutely so with that is also then denial like mm-hmm. right in 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 pieces of ooh, like gosh man my shoulder hurts and we're like well maybe you should avoid doing chaturangas but then they get in chaturanga and they're like nope I want to do chaturanga which mm-hmm. this one moves right in through ignorance and right up to asmita the ego because now here it is it's like well I know that my shoulder hurts but no pain no gain <laughs> yeah and we don't have any students or ourselves like that uh-huh <laughs> right yeah. I mean, last night I'm sitting here because I, you know, I had all of my surgeries on my arms. And so last night I thought, you know what? I have not held a head handstand in a while. And so I'm just doing little baby kicks up and went, oh, look, my arms still hold me. Oh, look, my arms still hold me. Then I was like, oh, heck, I'm going to go for it. And I, you know, lifted myself and, up and I'm holding that handstand. And then I was like, you're an idiot. Get your butt down. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of times we just, you know, our ego gets over ramped up and it's like, well, you know what? I can do that. And it's very hard to tamp that ego down and go, yes, you can, but should you right now? You can for sure, but Mm -hmm. should you? Right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good one. I also think that, you know, on the flip, like you give the example of Warrior Two. You'll see underinflated ego is taking a very short stance in Warrior Two. And then you'll see an overinflated ego taking a wicked long stance in Warrior Two. And maybe they're totally sinking in their hips and mm-hmm. mic- micro tearing every tendon in their pelvic floor. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, and we see them both, like literally we see yeah. them both all the time. But And I have to say that when I have a class that I spend a lot of time in and hold the pose and walk around and correct them, they're all so excited to get those corrections. But then there's always that one person that you can correct them and you bring that foot in, shorten that stance just a little bit. The second you walk by, you watch them and they're wiggling those feet right back on out. <laughs> Yep. It's it's really it could be a little comedy skit almost. <laughs> <laughs> we could. We could. We could totally do it a Clacia skit. Yeah. That'd be hilarious actually. <laughs> This is, this is our new goal. Yeah. So then when we talk about Raga and Devesha, we can talk about them as like two sides of a coin because then we talk about Raga being that desire or that want or, you know, just really needing, needing that attachment or that expectation. And on the flip is really just not wanting it, like just trying to avoid it like the plague, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like two sides of the same coin. But as you do, as you talk about it, you're like, same thing like on the mat where it's the underinflated ego or the overinflated ego it's something similar but this time it's like I just really want to look like Susie or I want to look like the cover of yoga magazine Mm -hmm. we're just really wanting it to feel good even in our body like I just really want it to feel good today right Mm -hmm. well and I find that it even varies with people during the week one person may be 
able to, since we brought up Warrior Two, someone may have a beautiful Warrior Two on Monday night, but then they go and they run, they go hiking, they do yard work. And then when they come in on Thursday, they have to shorten that stance. But in their mind, they've got these little spots on their mat where they know their feet go and they would rather injure themselves sometimes than back off a little bit and honor their body a little bit more. Yeah. There's so much attachment to the results, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that yoga is so good for us that we think that only the biggest, best yoga is the best or only the biggest, best warrior is the best. Like instead of acknowledging maybe it's child's pose, that's the best for you right now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But on the flip is also that avoidance is just, I just don't want to do that today. Or, oh, I just don't even want to go to yoga today. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, cat's teaching. I don't want to go to cat's class. She's going to work me too hard. Like whatever it is, right? (laughs) Right. So, and then it's, you know, this also translates on and off the mat because you can carry that negativity with you off the mat quite easily if you're not careful. And it's disappointing when you can have a really lovely yoga experience and then leave the yoga studio and 15 minutes later get derailed by some jerk that cuts you off in the car, right? Mm -hmm. So it just, it just can happen so quickly too. Mm -hmm. And then the last of them, obnovation, which is our fear, right? This one, we see this, you and I, all the time when it comes to inversions, Mm -hmm. specifically when it comes to inversions, fear of going up, fear of lifting your feet off the ground, fear of trusting that your body knows what to do, Mm -hmm. fear of falling down, fear of hurting yourself, fear of take it to the nth degree, falling down and killing yourself. (laughs) And although you might come out Mm -hmm. with a couple bumps and bruises. Yeah, it's not it's not typically that worst case scenario. But again, as it translates from on the mat to off the mat, fear of falling down. But in life, it's fear of failing. Mm-hmm. It's fear of losing a relationship. It's fear of losing a job. It's fear of losing your home. Like it's fear of traveling. It's fear of, you know, wearing the wrong clothes in a social situation. It's amazing. We could probably spend do a whole podcast on just listing things that people are afraid In fact, it's on our (laughs) list a couple weeks from now doing fear. We are doing fear, but we are going to talk about it more than just list fears because (laughs) fear is fear rides shotgun with all of us throughout our lives. And I read that first, y'all know I talk about the book. Uh, big magic all the time. And Elizabeth Gilbert talks about she can't go anywhere without fear jumping in to ride shotgun with her. And so knowing that fear is a part of our life, knowing that fear is going to be there, even if you pretend it doesn't exist, it's still there. But knowing that you have to find ways to handle it, to deal with it, to keep it from stopping you from living your best life and living the life that you want to be in, because it can derail you. It can stifle you. It can put you into just a state of inertia of just not moving at all. Yeah. Which brings you right back down the trunk to avidya, mm-hmm. ignorance. Yeah. 
Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Kat and I could probably talk circles and circles and circles around the clashes, but just know that whatever it is you're working through in your life, if you pause long enough and look at the tree, you could totally put it on one of these branches. And then you could be like, oh, okay, so this is me. And this is me being attached to the results. And this is what I need to do to fix that. Mm -hmm. Right? Awareness is nine tenths the law. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. The clashes. Yep. Let us know if you have any questions that we did not answer and we will get on it. Right on. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.